God bless each and every one of you that are here. Some of you have been invited this very week to be here today, and it's no mistake that you are here with us. Matthew chapter number 16, begin reading in verse number 13. When Jesus came under the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am. Now, that's extremely important. It's not very often that Jesus really wanted to hear what the public thought. But there was a reason for that. Verse number 14, and they, some, and, and they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now we rush over that scripture, but that is paramount to truly and genuinely being apostolic. Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Verse number 18 And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter. Now, the reason why that is interesting is because his parents named him Simon Barjona. Bar is the son of. Simon, the son of Jonah. But because he got the definition of Jesus right, Immediately, God shares with Simon Barjona how he sees him. And upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The rock of Revelation rock of revelation. We've already praised the name of the Lord a bunch, celebrated his presence, magnified his name. But I want us to pray. I want us to pray. That understanding would go forth, not just that this would be interpreted as good preaching or that was a good message. But I have a goal that's far beyond that. 
The highest goal of the Holy Ghost here today is that there would be understanding that would lead to salvation. And so I want us to pray. Let's pray. Let's lift our voices together and pray for understanding that goes far beyond the cacophony of voices of this world, the religious programming of our upbringing and our lives, and that something could shatter Christian mythology and bring a revelation to our inner man. Father, by the authority of the name of Jesus, we give you praise, we give you glory. It was under your direction that every single soul that's represented here today was directed to this house today. And I pray that you could take the blinders off every heart. And just for a split second, allow something from another world to make a difference. And I ask it in Jesus' name. You may be seated. This incredible passage of Scripture has been studied, dissected, religiously compartmentalized, and to different people, it means different things. And it is critical that a true Bible-believing, Holy, Holy Ghost-filled individual comprehends what is really taking place in this passage of Scripture. You know, we, we rush through so many Scriptures when we read the Bible, and if we're not, if we're not attuned by the author and the finisher. We'll read, we'll read the scripture, we'll read the word of God in the flesh, and sometimes we'll, we'll miss those nuances. And that's, that's a very human thing. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you, except for the fact that we're just reading the Bible in the flesh. And the Bible was not really intended to read in the flesh, because there is a whole other world that can only be uncovered and can only be discovered when you have the author on the inside of you. And it's a glorious thing. In some ways, this particular passage of Scripture is at the nucleus of the Gospels. There almost, almost is as much that has proceeded that will follow. It's in chapter number 16. And here, almost in the middle of Matthew's account, 
there is been enough ministry and there has been enough observation and demonstration that Jesus poses a question. And his methodology was beyond brilliance. God is beyond brilliant. And so he asked this question for a particular purpose. And in verse number 16, I'm sorry, verse number 13, he said, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man? Now that already, as a student of the Word of God, that has already, that already has my attention because he did not say the Son of God. He said the Son of Man, and he was the Son of Man on his mother's side. He got thirsty on his mother's side. He got hungry on his mother's side. He became wearied. He needed rest on his mother's side. On his father's side, he could walk on water. On his father's side, he could do miracles. On his father's side, he spoke the worlds into existence. And so already this is being framed in such a way that the, the undiscerning eye is already missing that something is up here. And so son of man is relegated to the flesh, the man, the, the human part of the Godhead. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? This question is being posed in the most religious, most orthodox, most historically impregnated culture in the history of the world, Judaism. From the very cradle of civilization, the unfolding drama of redemption began Amongst the Jews. And so, Jesus wants the disciples to rehearse the identity or the perception of what is being echoed in their culture. You know, there's a mistake in gaining your spiritual identity from public opinion. It is a mistake to allow our culture to define what truth is and what truth is not. It is a mistake to put your trust in anything that what this culture calls cool or what this culture th thinks is neat or what this culture thinks is valuable, or what this culture thinks is godly. And so Jesus is making this distinction to prove that point. He said, he, basically, he could have said, what is being said in, in, in this city, or what is being said in this culture, or what is being said among the Jews. And they place Jesus amongst Biblical figures of the past. Jeremiah, 
because he's preaching repentance. Elijah, because he's doing miracles. John the Baptist, because he's just kind of doing his own thing. And so Jesus is now taking this to another level. And a necessary level that is articulating understanding. You see, it's not enough to go to church on Sunday, regardless of whether it's this one or just pick one. It doesn't even matter. The real, the real critical factors are, are you understanding? Do you comprehend? Do you, do you really understand what's going on right now with so much going on in our political world? And there's been a politicization of everything, whether it's a, a pandemic, whether it's, it's, it's freedom, whether it's people standing up for morality. I want to tell you what, when you step across the threshold of this church, welcome to the land of the free. If that bothers you, go back and tell them I said it. When you step across the threshold of this building, this is God's country. And that's why you're seeing and feeling things here you don't see over at the shopping mall. When you're in the shopping mall and you feel kind of, you know, conspicuous and, you know, there's people, they don't understand. And so because you do understand and they don't understand, you know, you may not want to say praise the Lord too loud and, and shout out because you get a good deal over at Macy's or, or, or you get your tires changed and you got the bargain, the blue light special, and you got a good deal on it. You don't want to say too loud, oh, thank God. You know, maybe you do. I, I, I like making it known that God is the one that brings a good deal and God is the one that brings the blessing and God is the one that brings the rain and God is the one that brings the crops and God is the one that blesses my soul and God is the one. Oh, somebody go ahead and take a minute and give him praise for the little things. If you give him praise for the little things, God will make sure you get big things. But it's a mistake to be worried about what the world thinks. get hung up on that, you're going to be going through the wide gate of destruction. So Jesus looks at his disciples and says, all right, you already know what the world thinks. Who do you guys think I am? Peter being of the certain kind of character that he was. But even more than that, Peter had a revelation. You have to understand that there may have been some disciples at that time that still were not 100% convinced that he was the Son of God. You have to understand that. In Luke chapter number 24, Jesus finally opened up their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. It wasn't until Acts chapter number 1 that they were looking for a resurgence of a theocracy in Israel. 
they still didn't get what Jesus came to do. But Peter spoke up because Peter had a revelation. He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. This is critical to you that are visiting here today. And I don't want to make you feel any more conspicuous than you probably feel. But it is critical that we understand that the identity of Jesus takes a revelation. In the most religious culture in the history of the human race, they did not know who he was. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 says if they had known, if the princes of this world had known who was the Lord of glory, they would have never crucified him. Because when the devil crucified Jesus, it unleashed more power than the devil could ever manipulate. to take this today, there's some scriptures that you can, you can view as an allegory. And it is an interpretational error to view all scripture as if it is an allegory, or it's metaphorical, or it's a type. But there are some scriptures that have to be interpreted absolutely at face value, which means it means exactly what it is saying. I don't need somebody with a goatee that goes to a university to try to tell me what that scripture says. Why? Because I've got that revelation. When you got a revelation, nobody can take that from you. Public opinion cannot drown it out. Your mom and dad cannot get it from you. Somebody in a seminary cannot get it from you. Somebody in a denomination cannot rob you of that. We are getting a hint here of how information is transmitted in an invisible kingdom. Some of you that are with us here today, you, 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 it probably assaulted your senses just a little bit. Come on, be honest. It sure did to me when I first walked into an apostolic church. Why? Because of my, my definition of religion was different from what I was seeing. I didn't realize that when I walked into an apostolic church, I didn't walk into a religious church. I walked into a Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus' name, all the way back to the beginning, apostolic church. So it's not supposed to look like culture. It's not supposed to sound like culture. It's not supposed to feel like culture. It's not supposed to be like anything in this world. I wish somebody would clap your hands and give God the praise. Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. This is a teachable moment. 
Jesus said, blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed when you get a revelation. You are blessed to get a revelation about who I really am. I am not somebody that stepped out of the Old Testament. I am not somebody that came out of the pre-exilic period of time like Jeremiah. I am not somebody that came out of the pre-exilic, post-exilic, pre-exilic like Elijah. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood, another human being did not reveal this to you. A group of human beings did not reveal this to you. A city of human beings could not reveal this to you. A world full of human beings could not reveal this to you. This is a revelation that has to come from my Father. I want to tell you, if you've got a revelation, you ought to understand. I, I, listen, I've, 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 got, I've got earthly family just like you do. If, I was to, if I was, we were to get involved in a conversation and I was to tell them one thing what I'm doing, they would try to reinterpret that, that I'm, not, that I'm trying to make them feel bad. Honey, when I talk to my family, I'm not trying to make them feel bad. I'm trying to let them know you can get rid of your alcoholism. You can get rid of your deceitful, lying, cheating way. You can get, fr- you can get, what? You can get free of your pornography. You can get free of that nonsense. I'm not doing that to make myself look good. I've got a revelation. If you've got a revelation, praise him. If you've got a revelation, magnify him. You are not like everybody else. People that have a revelation are supposed to supposed to stick out. They're supposed to pray different. They're supposed to live different. They're supposed to act different. They're supposed to worship different. They're supposed to communicate different. They're supposed to think different. The most valuable thing in that world, in this setting, in Matthew chapter number 16, the most valuable thing is not that you're following Jesus around for three and a half years. Because make no mistake about it, there was a throng of people that were followers. But there was only one man on the entire face of the planet. A fisherman by trade. Had a mother-in-law back home. You need to feel sorry for him. But he had a revelation. The on- you got to get this, ladies and gentlemen. The only human being on earth that had that revelation was somebody that was called out of secular employment. Well, I got to go to Bible college, and I just got to put everything aside. And I just got to, no, you need to just go about your life and do what you need to do and make a living and Support your wife and support your children and let God call you out. 
You can't select a bunch of choices for yourself and posture yourself and then say, God, here. No, 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 no. God's got to call you out. God's got to call you out before he can call you up. But once God calls you out and calls you up, then God gives you a revelation. And that revelation, now you have keys. And now you have power. Oh, somebody help me out right now. You ain't going to be able to knock a gnat off a windowsill until you have a revelation. You didn't get this from another person. You didn't get this from another church. You didn't get this from the way you were raised, denominationally. It goes back generations all the way back to the Reformation. You got this from my Father, which is in heaven. Oh, I thank God for a revelation today. Come on, somebody. That is the most valuable thing you have in this world. It's not your home. It's not your car. It's not your bank account. It's not, it's not public perception. It's not your reputation. The most valuable thing you have is you have a revelation. Come on, let's just take a moment. That revelation will get you out of here when the trumpet sounds. That revelation will prepare your soul to pursue holiness. That revelation will, will, will change your mind when you read the Word of God. That revelation will change how you think. That revelation will change how you speak. That revelation will change how you live. That revelation will change how you worship. When I first came to a church just like this, I had been raised United Methodist. I don't know the difference between United Methodist and not United Methodist. I think United just means that, that everybody says the same thing, believes the same thing that's in that denomination. That was my interpretation of being united. But when I came to a, an apostolic church, my perception of Jesus was that he was the second person of a trinity because that's what everybody else told me that he was. But you have to understand that I got a Bible study in the first several weeks that I started going to the Rock Church, and I started seeing over and over in the Word of God that they were baptized in Jesus' name, and 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 there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And every at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, which is in heaven and which is on earth and which is beneath the earth. And finally, I started, started dawning on me. I'm going to talk about this today, how a revelation comes to a human being. First of all, you have to want a revelation. You cannot put your marker on religious, what the world thinks of, of what is religious. You have to be open to what God wants to show you. And I said, you know what? I see it. I see it. I see that the early church was baptized in Jesus' name. I see that there's no such thing as the Trinity. I see that there's only one God. I see that his name is Jesus. I see that he's a healer. I see that he's a deliverer. I see that he's a way maker. 
Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. I'm not worried about what men say who he is. I'm not going to listen to some unregenerated person tell me who God is. I know for myself who Jesus is. Somebody lift your voice and shout. Jesus! That is a huge deal. That is a huge deal. This particular passage of Scripture is preeminent in revealing to us how much theological error can take place off not having a revelation. And I, I said earlier that what when you get a revelation, you are receiving, and this is this is not even properly underscoring it because I'm using I'm using human understood terminology to try to relate to you a supernatural phenomena. But after I come out of a closet of prayer and begin to read the Bible, and there's something in me that's breaking it down into reality, that is a supernatural phenomena, and it's the most valuable thing that a human being possesses. Because now... Because you got a revelation, Simon Barjona. Oh, yeah. Simon, son of Jonah. The impetuous. You have a low self-esteem. Trying to overcompensate it by being loud. Mom and dad had to do this. You did that. Everything in his natural life was attached to Simon Barjona. But because of a revelation, he's now Petros. Don't you dare look at one of these young people sitting over here that might have made mistakes in their youth and say, well, that's just the way it is. You know, the apple don't fall far from the tree. No, 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 no. When they get a revelation... It brings elevation. Come on, I'm trying to help you today. You didn't just come here to say, I went to church. You've got to get an understanding that this is so far beyond this religious culture. Ah, that's just old Rick Mayo. Heavy metal rocker. Alcoholic. This, that, and the other. You're not ready to hear all the, what that this, that, and the other is. You fill in your own blanks. How do you see yourself? When you look over your past, do you feel good about yourself? All you need is a revelation. And Jesus said, I'm not interested in your past. I'm trying to help somebody. 
I'm trying to help somebody that walks in here today and you're walking with a loser's limp because every time you try to do something for God, you're reminded by the devil of what you did. When you get a revelation, God says, I don't care what you've done. It's under the blood. It's under the... Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to make some noise right now. Somebody needs to say, I need a revelation. I need a revelation, not for my mommy and daddy. I need a revelation for myself. I need a revelation that's beyond some big professor. I need a revelation that's some big beyond some mega church. I need a revelation that's from the reality of the ancient of days. The problem is, is people in our world just do not believe that this is exactly what reality really is. When you get into the kingdom of God, God communicates from the inside out. You can be standing in line somewhere and see something with your eyes or hear a voice go ricocheting through your head like a pinball, and the Holy Ghost says, Steady, that was not from me. If you got a revelation, you get that degree of a revelation and there ain't nothing the devil could ever say will ever stop you. You're going to go from this building to the next one and from that building to another one and from the next building to the other one. I learned a long time ago, I'm being motivated by revelation and not religiosity, not organization. Go ahead and clap your hands and give him praise. Uh, if you were baptized in the name of Jesus, you were automatically given a revelation that's from another world. It's not from the Catholic Church. It's not from the Reformation. It's not from the halls of education. How come Peter was the only one that got that revelation? The Father was sending that out like an SOS. It was like a beam. Only one guy, you can be sitting on an entire pew, and after preaching like this, one guy comes flying out of his pew because the light came on and he understands who he is in reality. While everybody else just acts like it was another church service. One guy absolutely comes unglued because the light flipped on. Honey, when I come to church, I'm not just there to see who was there and see who wasn't there. The reason why I just love the celebration and the power of worship and praise that went forth here today is because on Monday, I had to fight the devil. On Tuesday, I had to fight the devil. On Wednesday, I fought the devil. But today, it's payback time. You need a revelation. When you pick up the revelation that's being sent out like a beam and you articulate it, now Jesus said, I'm going to give you a revelation about yourself. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the revelation that will turn you. 
and walk in as a drug addict and walk out as an apostle in training. That's how you walk into a church like an alcoholic and they know you down at Union Gospel Mission. But once you've got a revelation, you can walk out of an apostolic church and hell knows your name. Paul, I know, and Jim. Come on, somebody. I've got a revelation. You can't intimidate me. You can't scare me. You can't starve me out. I've got a revelation. Somebody shout. Let the devil know you got a revelation. And it's affected your elevation. Come on, let's take a moment and praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him with all your heart. Praise him with all your strength. The most valuable thing you've got in your life is a revelation. Peter, Simon, because you're now listening to my father. I'm going to share with you how we see you. We don't see you as a struggling fisherman and barely pay his bills. And every time, you don't even like going home because your mother-in-law straighten you out all the time. But thou art Petros. All the other disciples are now saying, I wish I would have, I wish I would have got a revelation. You probably would have if you would have opened the door. You probably would have if you weren't out doing a bunch of nonsense that you know you shouldn't be doing. You probably should have and would have if you would have believed God for it. You probably would have and should have if you were listening to the same thing that Petros was. You probably would have and should have if you prayed before service today and had one thing on your mind. What I'm saying is that beam 2,000 years later is still beaming throughout the entire globe. And it's trying to give the human race a revelation that there are not three gods. There is not a trinity. There is only one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. And what's his name? What's his name? Somebody, what's his name? Stick with me. You're blessed, small rock. You're not a flake. You're not flighty. You're not shallow. You're not a has-been. You're a small rock. The Greek word for Peter is Petros, and it means small rock. And upon this rock... Petros? No. The revelation. 
If you have no revelation, God has nothing to build on in your life. If you're just living life according to the flesh and public opinion and this and that, and you're moved about with every wind of doctrine, you're like a spiritual magician. Now you see me, now you don't. God can't build on that. Once you get a revelation of the identity, that is the revelation on which all other consecutive revelations are built upon. What, that Peter is now the first apostle? No. That was a misinterpretation in the third century by political forces and religious forces that were combined together to become the Holy Roman Catholic Church. And their interpretation was in Matthew chapter 16, is not that the revelation of Jesus is the rock, but that Peter is the rock. And for 12 centuries, Mark, the Catholic Church was in control of all of Europe, and they plunged Europe into the dark ages where people were illiterate. Incest was rampant. The average human being never traveled beyond 200 miles of their own home. They were not allowed to learn to read. They were not allowed to possess a Bible. But in the 15th century, there was a monk in Wittenberg, Germany, that was translating the Bible from Latin into German. And as he was translating the Bible, he said, the stuff we're doing, the stuff we're making people do, it's not even in here. He, he itemized 95 things that he could think of off the top of his head. And he nailed them on the door of the Catholic Church and said, I'm out of here. And he would have been excommunicated unto death except for one thing. King Frederick II was in charge in Germany. And he didn't like the Pope either because the Pope extracted tithes of all nations throughout Europe. Or the armies of the Vatican would storm in and would punish those people until they paid tithes out of their treasuries. But King Frederick II said, you just come on. As a typical German, they just said, you just come on. He lives. Martin Luther's going to live. And because Martin Luther lived... There was John Knox, the father of the Presbyterians. There was John Smythe, the father of the Anabaptists. There was John and Charles Wesley, the father of the Methodists. There was Zwingli. There was Swedenborg. What did they do? They said, if he said that that's not in the Bible and they investigated it, they said, we're out of here. Because one little inspiration of Scripture. Clap your hands and give him praise. I got to preach here today. A revelation is the most powerful thing in this world. It liberates it the rock of revelation is the identity of Jesus And the largest Christian denomination in the world was built on one misinterpretation of Scripture by saying that Peter was the first pope. It's not a pebble, a small stone of revelation. It's a rock that's immovable. The rock of my salvation, Psalm 27. And because you got that revelation, Peter, 
all hell. Here a while back, I'm taking this vest off. I know it looks good, but you can't put a straight jacket on me, man. I got to keep moving. I'm, I'm sweating to death under this thing. Yeah, I know. I just got back from Sacred Heart Hospital, but I'm going to keep rolling like this till I'm out of this world. You hear me? You can put me on a gurney and I'll preach. You can put me in a wheelchair and I won't be crying for meds. I'll be crying out unto my maker. Because I've got a revelation. I came here 27 years ago with a revelation. Somebody clap your hands. Give God the praise. I don't care who's against you. God's for you. I don't care who's talking against you. God is for you. Come on, somebody shout if you've got a revelation. I can have the devil turn an entire dumpster over on my head. That's right. And the Holy Ghost that's within me says, no, 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 no. No, no. But if you've been saying yes, then your wheels are caught in the mud of carnality. You can't roll. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't get those hands up. You can't, you can't lift your voice up freely. You know, you're all, you're all mired. What you need to get free today is a revelation. God is not against you. God loves you. If he loved us while we were yet sinners, how much is he going to love us when we obeyed Acts 2.38? Somebody needs to understand, God is still with me. God is still for me. God is still in me. God is still, God is still going to fulfill it. If you're apostolic, you cannot be mediocre. If you're apostolic, you cannot be average. If you're really apostolic. Just a new convert. Just about ready to close. We have so many people that have heard about Cornerstone. They come to visit. And this is the number one reason, Elder Sergeant, why people don't stick around. They cannot identify with the liberty. I've had people say it's the friendliest church I've ever seen. People are friendly. People are loving. People are sincere. There's no dissimulation. It's the real thing. It's not fake. But I just don't see myself running and jumping and shouting. You know, I never seen. I ain't never seen a pastor do whirly birds. Well, honey, you get a revelation like this pastor is. You might do. You might do. You might be doing those spins all the way across this platform, all the way across the front of this church. When you get a revelation of how much God loves you and really how indestructible you are, but if you're doing things you ought not be doing and the devil is stockpiling, did not this revelation say that the gates of hell shall not prevail? Why, that revelation stands on the other side of the door and says, I'm not letting you in. I'm not letting you have me. I'm not letting you influence me. I'm not letting you get in here. Somebody!
But to the people that stuck around long enough, that didn't listen to a religious culture, a fading, diminishing religious culture about what real spirituality should look like and what living for God should really look like. I had a guy walk in my house one time. He said, I don't see a television in your home. I said, that's right. I haven't had a television for over 25 years. He said, man, how do you, how do you keep up on things? I said, do they still have newspapers? Come on, the average American spends two and a half hours on their smartphone, but less than 15 minutes a day in prayer. I think it's time we, t- we turn the tides on that thing. I think it's time we let the devil know. I ain't like the world. I don't care what everybody thinks, everybody says. I don't care what the opinion of other, other denominations is. I don't even care what the opinion is of other organizations are. I, an organization didn't send me here. God sent me here with a revelation that people will be delivered and people will be healed and people will be set free and people will tear their world upside down. If you got a revelation, let's lift our hands and thank God here today. Let's wipe the dust off it. Put it back on the mantle of our hearts. And let's love God for it and trust God with it. And thank God for it. I don't have time to get into all this today. Less than a week later, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, takes them up to the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw Jesus transfigured. And then they heard a voice. They fell on their faces. Once Peter was transformed, I should say this for part two, but we'll probably have something else for part two, so I'll give it to you right now. Second Peter chapter number one, the apostle Peter that's now converted said we have an even more sure word of prophecy. He was giving the preeminence and the prominence to an anointed word because that was exactly what he got in Matthew chapter 16. We have also a more sure word of prophecy where too you would do well, you would take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. What is that really saying? That is saying that the word that's given to you, it takes in order for that to become a revelation. It might take a little bit of time. And notice with me, notice with me, it says, the light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. I'm, I'm going to do this as quickly as I can, but i got to say this. The reason why most people will not be saved is because they will not obey without understanding. 
You have to be willing to obey the Word of God simply because it's the Word of God. People in the 21st century are sophisticated. They're educated. They're so smart. They think that they, can get, they can get themselves out of their own trouble. And they say, I don't understand that, so I'm not going to obey it. And you can say, right there, it says in Jesus' name. Right there, it says in Jesus' name. Right there, it says in Jesus' name. Here's the deal. If you'll go ahead and obey it because it's in the Word of God, when that revelation finally comes, when the sun rises, this is given as an illustration of being in the dark. When, when the light comes that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn, when the day star, the sun, comes over the horizon, all of a sudden what looks like a scary monster in that shadow, now the shadows have to run. And you say, man, it was a rock, and that was just a tree, and that was just nothing. I'm glad I obeyed. Now I got the understanding. Now I know there's only one God. Now I know what holiness is. Now I know what separation is. Now I know what the rapture is. Now I know. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Clap your hands and give God the praise. The Apostle Peter is revealing how revelation comes. This is why somebody comes into the church and they're desperate for change. They'll just take the word of God because it says, okay, I'll just go, I'll go ahead and get baptized. But people that are religiously sophisticated, just like in Jesus, Peter's, and the disciples' day, they test, what is the public saying? Yeah, y'all just a bunch of holy rollers. That might be right, but when I get off the floor, honey, I'm on my way to heaven. I ain't worried about no crease in my pants. I ain't worried about messing this little hairdo up. I ain't worried about my tie getting messed up. I ain't worried about what the public says. I'm worried about advancing a revelation that is so deep within my heart that now other people are getting it, and other people are coming out of darkness, and other people are gaining understanding. Let's stand to our feet. Let's clap our hands and give the God of glory praise. Come on, somebody, lift your voice. Come on, you can trust him. You can trust him. It's in the word. It's in the word of God. He's a healer. He's a way maker. He's a deliverer. He's a savior. The rock of revelation begins with the identity of Jesus. All other consecutive revelations and understanding. Not just memorizing the Bible. Not just going to some big mega church and nodding with the preacher up there. No, 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 no. When you get a revelation of that scripture, it becomes of the part of the fiber of who and what you are. God brought you here today to expand understanding. Let's lift our hands. Somebody 
needs a revelation out of their dilemma. It's really not a dilemma at all. God's helping you get to the next level. And the next level is never comfortable. But there's more glory. There's more power. There's more integrity. There's more refined character. There's more spirit. There's more influence. Come on, let's pray together. God, I love you today. You're priceless. And I'm proving that you're priceless by saying no to a bunch of other things and saying yes to the right things. Now we're going to open up this altar here in a moment. There's people under the sound of my voice that God has just been giving you a little nudge. God's just been giving you a little nudge. And you're in, you're in the right place at the right time. As they begin to sing, I want you to make your way to this altar. Whoever you are. You might be visiting saying, you know, man, I don't know about all this. I understand. Right under your nose were revelations that would absolutely change everything about your world, everything about your identity, everything about your future. Come. Come. Come and let's find a place to pray. Come on, visitor friend. God's got room for you. God's got a touch for you. God's got deliverance for you. God's got salvation for you. Come on. Father, forgive me for operating on flesh and blood in the face of such great understanding and revelation. Come on, somebody. Come on, Cornerstone. 